Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. All right, guys, welcome back to Women in Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have my best friend, Arielle Kern, joining me. She's a millennial wife and a new millennial mom to my beautiful godson, Cooper, but she's also the coolest, most laid back, best dressed, finest woman with positive vibes that I know. Mm. She's also a woman in transition. Ariel, please tell our friends who you are as a woman in transition. Now, Tia, <laughs> how are you going to give an introduction like that and then want me to follow up? Like, you just did the introduction. What else do I need to say with all this extra stuff that you put in there and made up? Um, but I don't know. Like, like you said, I'm Ariel. I'm a wife. I'm a mom now. Um, I try to be a good friend. Like, you are. I'm a go with the flow type of person. I don't know if I've always been that way. I think maybe transition has has helped with that a little bit. Um, but I'm just taking life as it comes. Like it's just if I could go back to maybe like 23, mm-hmm. like there is no way in the world like I could imagine. I could have imagined life being like what it is now at 31. Like. I don't know. So I, I'm still trying to figure out who I am myself. Like, cause I feel like every day I'm changing. Um, every year it's been something different that I've had to, had to manage or overcome. Like, so to be honest, like I'm still trying to figure out who this, who this woman is, like, who am I um, becoming? But I think that's the, the fun part about it all. And so, you know, taking it all in stride, a girl that's taking it all in stride, let's say that that's who I am. And I'm sure you're not alone with that because that's probably the story of most millennial women today. So that's great that, you know, you're taking it each day at a time. That's what you can do. That's the only thing you can do. Right. Take me back to, take me back though. Take you back. (laughs) Take me back. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's been fun, but I I don't, I wasn't prepared. Like I wasn't prepared the way I feel like I should have been prepared. And I don't think you could really be prepared, but me who likes to be prepared and likes to have structure and routine, like somebody should have told me. I don't think anybody would have told you because everybody is, you know, too busy trying to act like the way that they got to where they are today, it was the perfect route and they did everything the right way. And 
you know, that's why we're doing this today and sharing your story as a woman in transition who is, like you said, still trying to figure it out, still trying to figure out who this woman is. And, you know, like I said, I, I know that that's most women out there today. That's me today, you know, regardless of what it looks like, you know, that's me today as well. So I can definitely relate to you on that and nothing's wrong with that. So for those of you who are wondering how I met Ariel, you know, I've shared before how I'm originally from Memphis and so is Ariel. And I moved to Dallas for love and I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. And somehow me and Ariel, you know, met in Dallas. Um, actually it's funny cause my line sister introduced me to Ariel's roommate, London, because they are close friends. And then when I went out with London, Ariel was there. And so ever since then we have been close and, you know, she took me under her wing cause she was a little more acclimated to Dallas than I was. She already had, you know, a group of friends. So, you know, she was my way to get out in these streets as a millennial woman adjusting to a new city oh, and I'm in the streets okay in the streets <laughs> living our best life and I'm so glad that I had her to um, help me to adjust to a new city but then soon as I got adjusted <laughs> and you know start you know feeling myself and kind of like getting acclimated with the city she left me and I, when I first met Ariel, she was in a relationship with her now husband, but from a distance. He was in Milwaukee and she was in Dallas. And so when she left me, she left me to go to be with him. <laughs> and I was so sad, but you know, we've kept in touch over the years. So I really just want to get into that because that is a transition, not only my transition, but was, you know, eventually transitioning into her transition um, with her now husband. So, Ariel, you went to college in Texas and found the love of your life. He went back home eventually, and you stayed in Dallas a little bit. So tell, catch us up to how that conversation went. Were there any rules? Like, how was that dating, you know, from a distance? How did you stay connected? Hmm. So I know Evan would want me to be authentic <laughs> in all of this. So I'm going to do my best. Okay. Um, so when we, like you said, like when I met you and I had to, like, I went back and like revisit, like, how did we actually meet? Like, mm -hmm. what event was it? Because London and I were always doing something. Yes. Um, and I think like what the kickoff was like when we went to that Halloween party and we decided to like <laughs> go find a Halloween costume the day of like Halloween <laughs> and thought we were going to be successful. So that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a whole nother story. But, um, before Evan, before Evan transitioned um, to Milwaukee, um, one, it was for family and for work purposes. And so that was, you know, it was kind of understood, but he wasn't, you know, like, hundred percent like ready to go back either but okay duty calls and I gotta go and at the time like I wouldn't even say we were in like a relation like a full-blown relationship it mm -hmm. was you know like that's my little junk you know <laughs> that's my girl you know we're cool we're hanging out um 
That's we spent a lot of time too. together. So it was, it was an understanding, let's just say that. Um, and so when he left and he told me he was leaving, like I was really sad because I'm like, well, what does this mean for us? Like, in my mind, like, that was, like, I knew we were going to be together forever. Like, this is going to be my husband. Like, he may not have thought that, but I knew it, you know. But um, he transitioned. I remember, like, the day he left, it was, like, really early in the morning, and I was still at his place, and I, my responsibility was just, like, to lock up. And, like, in that moment, I remember just sitting there, like, okay, is this the last time? Like, I'm going to see him, like. Yeah. what's it gonna be like like he's going back home like what you know I don't know what's there like it could be something else like what is it and so we kind of that did happen right like he transitioned back and it was kind of like okay well let me just see what let me see what life is like like here and I'm like okay and I remember being so sad. Like I stayed with my friend Mika for like a whole week because I didn't want to go home and be by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that was kind of just like the kickoff to it. Like we would text and you know talk to each other, but like it just wasn't the same. And so some time had passed, some months had passed, and it was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, okay, let's get serious about this. Like, I had never been in a, like, I really never really had any boyfriends in my life. Like, uh-huh. I had a couple, but they were serious, you know? I don't right. really think anything as serious, like, prior to, prior to, like, age of 20. Like, For nothing sure. really serious, right? So, um, I didn't know how to do a long-distance relationship, but it was kind of like, okay, you respect me, I respect you. Um, we, it's just us. We're going to do the best that we can and see what happens. Right. And so I embarked on my first journey to Milwaukee ever. And, you know, it was cool. Like, okay, I was going to visit. You don't really think about certain things. It's like, oh, I just, I get to see my man. Like, I haven't seen him in 30 days. And so we were alternating, like, going back and forth. Like, you would come to Dallas, I would go to Milwaukee, or maybe we would have a trip that month or whatever. Um, But it kind of just, we kind of just went with the flow of things and you know it it felt good and after so so many years of doing that I think how many years was it it seems like forever but it was Evan left in 2013 um we probably had a couple months where you know we didn't you know we it's like okay we'll just experience life um so let's just say really like 20 2014, beginning 2014 or whatever. And I moved here in 2016. So really like two, two and a half, maybe years, but it seemed like much longer than that. But like it costs money, right? Like we're spending money each month, like trying to travel back and forth. And it was, he was thinking about moving back to Dallas and, you know, that was going to be like, yes, like we yes. just go back to our regular lives and everything's <laughs> going to be fine. Like in a perfect world, like, Hey, that works. Yeah. Um, but then because of like the work he was doing and responsibilities that he had taken off since moving back, it wasn't seeming as easy to make that transition um, mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. But it was seeming easier. It was becoming easier for me to make the transition to Milwaukee. Ugh. Were you were you guys 
did you guys like make any rules like because you guys were in the same city like um were you worried about infidelity was he worried about infidelity like I think I mean that comes with any relationship but I think we never never explicitly like said anything it was kind of like because of like things that we had gone through like in the past and mm-hmm. like just really trying to grow in a relationship it's kind of just like okay we know what we need to do right? right um and you know until i until i see it firsthand until i hear it like yeah. okay that that's what we going off of now if something else changes then okay we'll deal with it differently but i think a lot of that also has a lot to do with us being like only children and so we just like we kind of just go with the flow like in it something that we definitely are continuing to work on like our way of communicating with each other and not just thinking that the other person knows what's on your mind right and so I don't, I don't, it wasn't any rules. The rules were, okay, we're going to see each other every month. We're going to figure it out, okay. make a way, and yeah. But it wasn't like, oh, you have to be at home, you know. Or call me every night before you or call me. <laughs> No, like, if anything, I'd be ready to call Evan as soon as I got off work. But by the time I would get off of work was also the same time he was trying to end his day. So it never really worked out perfectly. Like I would call him and he would be annoyed. Like, why would you call me? And he'd be like, why would you call me at the end of my day? I'm trying to wrap up. You know, I'm not going to be in a good mood. Like, okay. so we fixed that, right? We found mm-hmm. another time, but it wasn't like, you got to call me to check in or you can't right. go. Or I would, I mean, like I, I knew how to carry myself. He knows how to carry himself. Like we were living our best lives here. Exactly. That's the that's the thing I like to point out because you guys you weren't like all on the phone. Like you know when we were out, we were out. You know having a good time. When he was out, he was out having a good time. You wasn't like what you doing? Like you know da da da. Like you literally were living your best life. So. <laughs> And we we are not really like neither one of us are really like phone people. Mm-hmm. So I'm a terrible texter. Like he he'll text, but you know I much rather just call, see what you're doing. So it was like the phone thing it wasn't really like our favorite thing anyway. So it wasn't like I had to be on the phone with him all the time just to know that things are in a good place. And you know, even Facetime, like yeah, it's okay. Like we cool. Like we know what we have. Like we sit in that right so I love that I you know it's crazy like it ended up working out like I would have never never would have imagined it but I think we both got to a point where it was like okay well what are we going to do yeah right like we can't keep doing this we can't keep spending this money every month like traveling back and forth like ready to have you in the same place with me right and so um it was my lease was actually like my lease was ending um like i had summers off as far as work goes and so let's get on your easier let's even let's talk about your job that you had in dallas because you're you are an educator in like a high school environment i can't even like tell y'all exactly what she did but Tell us what you did, because I remember 
that being a thing for you too like when you were getting ready to even consider moving to milwaukee you were like i gotta find a job you know or i'm going to school you know all of that so <laughs> let's and so let's talk about let's kind of like transition into that like what did you do here and what was your thought process that would make you even comfortable to move to milwaukee and how did that conversation go um, when you guys were like seriously about, I mean, serious about you adjusting and moving to Milwaukee? So, I mean, I guess another tra- earlier transition in my life was like, I, my ultimate goal or what I thought was my ultimate goal in life was to go into law. Right. And so mm-hmm. I was preparing myself to do that. Like money on a prep class, took the LSAT, like did all of that, like it was even applying to law school and then like life just like transitioned or whatever for me again. And so um when I when we graduated, the year that we graduated from college, May 2011, like we were in a recession, right? And so it was kind of one of those things where I knew I didn't want to go back to Memphis. Um, I kind of, I wanted to stay in the DFW area. Um, I was going to have to, in regards to like preparing for law school and that process, all of that, like there was more work that I needed to do. Um, I wasn't really interested in going to schools outside of the area. So I would, you know, I was just like really set in that. Um, But I knew if I wasn't going back to Memphis and I wasn't going straight to school, like I had to have a job. Right. Um, And I had never like lived on my own before or anything like that. Um, But I had like little jobs and stuff. So I kind of my skill set, like I had gained some gain, gained some new skill sets, things of that nature, had some tools in my toolbox, all that kind of stuff. And so there was this opportunity um, through my university to, do like some college and career work and so this was going to be the first the first year of this program um and it was a two-year program grant funded um and i was gonna get stay in the area yeah. and i'm like okay like i can do college and career like i work with high school students like in a, a little job like while i was in college like doing tutoring and stuff like that and i really enjoyed it um and so i my law sister and I actually, like, we gave it a try. Like, we went to this meeting, we gave it a try, we interviewed, uh, actually, two of my law sisters, as a matter of fact. Um, and, like, we got the job. And, like, we were placed in these schools and started working. Mm-hmm. So, at the time, like, the people didn't know that I, like, they knew I lived in Memphis. They didn't really know, like, that I had migrated back to the DFW area. So because they knew I lived in Memphis, they could just give me the school that was furthest out because I was going to have to technically come back and like get myself all situated and stuff like that. So they sent me to the school in like East Texas, literally like the only person of color in the town working in the school, like super small school, but hey, I made it work, right? Like, and I think that was, that was really good for me because I was, you know, I was out there by myself. I had to travel every day for work. Like I had to work with, a, you know, a demographic of people who weren't used to seeing a person of color and I'm trying to help them advance their lives at the same time. So like from there, I really got this, like, I really got the opportunity to key in 
on like my love for education. And to be honest, education probably should have been something that I explored more early on, but I didn't want to because everybody in my family had done it. So I was like, no, I'm off that. Like I'm not doing that. I'm going to do something different and look at me now. So that kind of is what jumpstarted everything. And I just kind of like went all in with it. Like I enjoy working with students. I enjoy, um, especially in the capacity that I did, which did not require me to be in the classroom. Okay. So I got to deal with them in a completely different way. And students like gravitated to me much differently than they would have like their teachers or, you know, other folks on campus. So it was kind of like in like this near peer model, like I'm this young, this young person, like coming in, trying to work and inspire like younger, even younger people. So um, from there, I was working with them college career stuff. So from SAT, ACT prep, college applications, essays, scholarships, visits, um, internships, um, all that kind of stuff. So I did that for about, I did that until I transitioned. Um, But in my job, like who I worked for, like every six months, we would have to do a, um, we would do like our eval, like a a midpoint eval or whatever. And my supervisor made us do like this activity that he called the life plan. And so it was like this, like very simple worksheet. And my life plan on it was to, you know, ideally go into higher ed and to be in an administrative position. And the reason why I I said higher ed was based off of the work that I had been doing with college and career and the experiences that I had with working with different institutions um, in the state of Texas and, you know, things of that nature. So it was like, okay, get to higher ed ultimately an administrative role like I still want to be a superintendent one day I just I maybe when I'm like 65 (laughs) but like that's like up there up there up there um but you know I I I may not be the superintendent but I'll get pretty close to it I feel like um in some capacity so yeah that's kind of that was kind of my journey so education was like something I fought Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be, I was going to be really good at it um, mm-hmm. just because of family history um, and just certain things that I had done like throughout college or whatever, like I always kind of led to working with young people, something in regards to education, um, coaching them, that type of thing. But I was like, no, that's not what I said I wanted to do. I said I was going to be a lawyer and, you know, if I don't become a lawyer, then I'm not going to be anything. Like. I let I let my mom down, I let my dad down, I let my grandma down, you know. Who doesn't want their kid to be, you know, a attorney? You know? But you know, I have friends that are attorneys, um, friends that have, you know, started law school, didn't finish law school, like and so I got to experience that firsthand and I'm just like, yeah. I'm I'm okay with my decision. Like exactly. I'm, I'm okay. So that's how I transitioned into higher ed um, because one one of my things with moving to Milwaukee was that I had to have a job like I was dead set on having a job and because my growing up in a very southern traditional home you know you're not just about to up and move with a man y'all get engaged y'all ain't married like so what y'all doing 
right? Mm-hmm. You have a job, how, what, what if this doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. How are you gonna, so all these things that I knew I was gonna have to have mm-hmm. answers for, mm-hmm. like I wasn't, I wasn't gonna back down from that. Like, so right. I actively, the entire time actually Evan like was in Milwaukee, like I would apply for jobs like here and there. Um, and I had like some interviews and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you know, Hey, like timing, it, most important thing that I've learned, like timing is of the essence. Timing is everything. And sometimes it's just not your time, you know, for you to do certain things or for you to have certain things and you have to be okay with that. And I would, you know, I would get down, like I'm applying and interviews and I'm like, I know I'm a good interviewer. Like I'm not applying for things that I know I can't answer questions, you know, for like, even if they weren't, you know, at the level, maybe, you know, they were a couple levels ahead, but mm-hmm. like, I knew I can answer a question if you asked me it. Like I could find a way to to tweak it and make it work, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, like that was a process, um, and yeah, I had an interview. Like it was just all crazy how things just started to fall fall together. Um, my lease my lease was ending, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, but I knew I still needed to be in the area for at least another month and a half for work until our summer vacation started. Mm-hmm. So I was able to stay with my friend. Like she was like, yeah, you can stay with me. <laughs> oh, this works, right? Um, you were getting married that year, so it was like we had your bridal shower. I had to come back the next day, start packing up my apartment. Like it was just a whole lot of stuff going on. And um, the actually the interview that I had for the job, the phone interview I had for the job that I have now, actually, I was on my way to driving to Memphis for your bridal shower, and I had to pull over. Like I knew what time they were gonna call, so I had to time it up perfectly to like pull over by my church in Memphis to like sit in the parking lot, have this interview, and I just remember feeling so good about it. Like, damn, I marked that interview is what I remember saying, and. Like, really, after that, the rest is history. And you work in higher ed, so they don't get back to you as fast. Like, it's always something that, you know, they have to go through and paperwork and all of this. And, yeah, I'd actually have to end up moving. Like, I had already moved to Milwaukee before I had gotten the official call. So, like, when I moved here, I still wasn't sure, but I was real confident. Right. Like, I was real confident about this. I was like, God, this is mine. Like I felt it. Like yes. I've been praying about it. Like it's gonna be my job, man. And then there it is. <sighs> Here it is. And I'll be what four years, four years in. Yeah. In another month or so. So yeah, it's crazy. Like having to have this conversation with like listening to myself have this conversation yes. now. It's like, dang, like, mm. He really worked it out for you, girl. He sure did. Yes. So you so you moved to Milwaukee. You have the job. You have your man. Y'all in this city living together. How was that adjustment, you know, moving and finally after being long distance and having to deal with, with each other from a distance and then being under the same roof? And then being in a whole new city where, you know, basically like what I just said that I found myself in in Dallas, no friends, no family, 
just your boo and his family because he's from Milwaukee. So he had family, he had friends, and you moving there and you trying to make friends as an adult as well. That whole transition. You know what? See, I should have known something was going to be up with this whole transition when it started. So um we had you know I packed up everything and he had the movement thing like I had like this pie they had come to pick it up from my place um and they were driving it back to driving it back to Milwaukee or whatever and so it took about took a, about a weekend some change or whatever and so I remember like I'm in my friend Danielle's place because she you know let me stay with her for a couple of weeks before I left and Evan, I was like, I hadn't talked to Evan. Like, I wonder what's going on with him today. Um, so he he did end up calling me. And he was like, the house caught on fire. Oh my god! So, and it was like the day my stuff. It was just all crazy because literally my stuff was supposed to come to the house like the day before the fire, but it was like delayed. So, like, if that was the case, like. They would have gotten my stuff out the pot, had it in the house, like, yeah. and, like, everything, like, all of his stuff, like, ruined, burned, like, everything. And so that was the first, like, obstacle in the transition. Um, and so we, we kept with the schedule or whatever. I was still supposed to be coming um, another week or so after that because he was coming to get me. We are going to ride back together. And we actually, when I made it back to Milwaukee, um, we started the first couple of weeks living in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, um, you know, we could have stayed with family, but I'm like, this is fresh. Like, I appreciate the offer, but I like, it was just, that was going to be a lot for me, right? Yeah. Um, and so while we were working through all the hurdles of like finding a place to rent or whatever, like we're living in a hotel, like with one dog with us in the hotel um, and like going back and checking on the other dog. Like it was just so much going on and money at the same time, like that we're spending. And so I should have known then that this was not going to be easy. Like it had been peaches and cream. <laughs> like this job situation, I was confident about that. They still hadn't called me, but I knew it was coming. Like I was able to move out of my apartment, have a place to stay, like still enjoy my friends for the last couple of weeks. Like I had finally gotten my parents on board with this transition because you learn, you know, just sometimes you just, you have to remind them that you are also a growing adult and you just have to make decisions, right? Like they mean well, but like that was a, got them on board. Like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Living out of a hotel for a couple of weeks. Um, and then trying to navigate that, um, finding a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And then just really seeing, like, what is the city like? Like, it was one thing when I was coming, you know, for a couple of days or a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything was like, oh, we're just so excited to see each other. Like, we're going on dates and doing all of this and everything. It's like, ah! Yeah. And then, like, real life sits in. And then you realize that you have no family, but he has family. Mm-hmm. It's super sweet people, right? Like, definitely has made a difference. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine 
it being the other way around, like they're mean to me or they don't really like me and I'm here in this city, like, which is completely different than Dallas. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I just, <laughs> I was like, okay, this it's all right. Like it's cool. And then I moved in the summer, right? So that's another thing. Like, okay, it's, it's good. You know, I make it work. And then it turned into months of being here, transitioned to a new, a different season outside and weather and just a lot of things that I didn't really take into consideration because I was just so excited about, we finally get to be together, you know, and that's that, like, that, that's the only thing that's going to matter. And it matters, but the other stuff matters too, right? For sure. Um, because then the stuff that you didn't consider, right, it starts to affect you, which then ultimately affects the relationship, right? Yes. Um, and so that's just, <laughs> it was rough. Like, I'm still adjusting, like, mm-hmm almost four years in um the the camaraderie piece I'm still missing that um but I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to get okay with it like I really I really wrestled with it and I remember like after your wedding like that moment where I cried like those were sincere tears because I think at that moment it really hit me like I really don't know when the next time is that I'm coming back to Dallas. Like life is life is real. Mm-hmm. And like, these are my true friends. Like these are my friends. Like these are my people. I don't have that. And for so long, like that made a difference in my life. And now I, I like, I love Evan, mm-hmm. but it like, I got to have my friends too. Like I need to like, I'm, it's just stuff didn't exist in Milwaukee the way that it existed like in Dallas. And now I'm able to say that, you know, I'm, I'm becoming okay with the change for a long time. Like I didn't accept the change that was happening because I wanted it to be so much like what it was mm-hmm. prior to. And I, I didn't really know how to accept it. And so I just, I semi depressed, like just, Oh, it was sad. And y'all would tell y'all my stories and uh, y'all would laugh. Y'all, yes. y'all would like really be laughing at me. But I would be so for real, like so serious about like how I was feeling and like I'm still I'm still adjusting. But I think that now that I've like accepted the fact that things are just things aren't going to be the way that they were. Like mm-hmm. life is just different in Milwaukee. Life Milwaukee is not Dallas. I cannot make it be Dallas. Mm -hmm. I cannot make Milwaukee be Memphis. Like, I have to accept Milwaukee for what it is and, you know, try to make the best of, try to make the best of it, you know, and, but it takes energy, right? Like, an effort. (laughs) Energy and effort that sometimes you don't always have and that's okay, right? Right. So, okay, if I'm not going to be willing to give the energy and effort to, like, go out here and maybe do some of the stuff that I used to do, then I can't sit around and, you know, poke my mouth out about, like, oh, I don't have any friends or, oh, it's so boring. They don't even have, they don't even do happy hour right. Like, just little stuff like that. So, if it was one thing that I could go back and maybe 
do like as a planner as a structured person i would spend more time thinking about the pros and the cons not that the things that have maybe turned into cons or seen as cons would have made a difference in what i would have done but i would have been a little bit more prepared to kind of handle like the frustrations behind it like okay Milwaukee don't know how, they don't know how to do happy hour. Happy hours don't exist. It's not a thing. Um, so, okay, let me just get into my group of doing my happy hours at home or making a point to do, like just little stuff like that. Even weather, like right, season depression is real. Like winter is real. Like mm-hmm. you are not going to want to get up when it's a windshield of negative eight outside mm-hmm. and the sun is not out like that makes a difference like it is not just you other people around you aren't happy about it either and they may have lived here their whole lives like huh what is it like to be around people who are just angry right <laughs> who just frustrated <laughs> but it's real yeah you have to take all that into consideration and i don't i don't think i prepped enough for it again like i was just so excited like okay the time is here the opportunity's right like just go you'll figure it out when you get there and i've never been a figure it out when you get there type of person so i don't know what came over me like i like to have stuff planned and you know structured exactly i I didn't do a good job there i would have liked to have done a better job but i'm here now you are here now. You're here now, and you guys got married. You know, during that time after you know after you moved, he proposed. You got married. How has the adjustment to a new identity as a wife been for you? What obstacles did you have to deal with, and how did you handle it? Especially like not having your mom or your friends there to kind of like go and vent to. You know, you have to call them and you know, all of that. So how has that adjustment been for you? If, if an adjustment at all. It's been an adjustment. Um, like definitely when you get married, like the stakes are higher, like the stakes raise automatically. Um, and I think more so like Evan definitely says like the stakes are definitely much more higher for him now, like as a husband, cause like, the responsibility, like the responsibility is on a whole nother level. Like when you take that step and it's, I think it was good. Like, I think for us, like it was good because it's solidified, like, okay, this is, we're here, we're in this, like, we got to figure out how to make this work together now. Like it's no longer, cause even when, even when I moved, like, in a sense, like I was still operating like, okay, Ariel in a relationship, but like back in Dallas, like away, because that's how I had been for so long. That was the, that was a big uh, tug of war too, just trying to adapt to being like together and operating together. Um, so I mean, like once we got married, it wasn't like a big, big change. You just realize like the stakes were higher right? Like the responsibility is real. And 
you know, new new situations, new scenarios come with come with marriage that didn't happen when you were just, you know, in a in a relationship. You were just boyfriend, girlfriend, you were just fiance or whatever. Like we got new challenges to figure out. We got new goal, like a new set of goals, new mm-hmm. new things that we're trying to do together and places we're trying to get to. Um, you know, so on top of growing pains too, like you still so it's just, it's just a lot like marriage is just another layer I feel like it's just another layer to things but um things didn't significantly change it's just more of like the internal stuff that you endure and you got to figure out you know how how we're gonna get this how we're gonna figure this out together yeah that makes sense for sure it does um because yeah that makes sense because you know you were already functioning as an individual when you were in Dallas and then you having to move to Milwaukee to be with him, you probably were kind of like preparing (laughs) your mindset for wifehood, (laughs) which is like moving and thinking as one and and being a team in what you do. So definitely understand that. What did marriage and motherhood look like before you were in it? How did you see it? You know, I've always like the the images of marriage. Like I've always seen, I've seen fun, um, I've seen love, but I've also seen that you know your feelings do get hurt. Like your feelings can get hurt in a marriage, right? Um, mm-hmm. um, things are unexpectedly going to happen, right? Um, and so I. Overall, like the images that I saw, like were very, they were positive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I look at my mom and dad's relationship, like, you know, for 20, for 20 some years, like they were married and together. And so like, that's all I knew, right? Like my grandparents, both steps, my grandparents were like madly in love with each other 50 years, like, you know, um, even like my godparents, stuff like that. So I in my mind like I had crafted what I wanted it to look Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I were gonna get married Um, we're gonna have kids by the time we're 30 emphasis on kids um you know we're gonna live in a certain type of home you know I'll be doing this and not that those things haven't happened but it's still some stuff like we're working on right like mm-hmm. and the kids has turned into just the one that we have like and that's it so um you know in my mind like we'll be traveling all this like traveling too and I mean it sounds good but yeah. when you look at like your schedule and mm-hmm. you know being realistic with your finances and you know what you may want to do but what you need to do or the fact that something unexpected comes up like yes yes but life before 30 like when you were 19 like thinking about 30 30 just seems so old you know especially yeah, i'm me. young now I'm young. okay 
like now that you bet, like when you were 19, you probably thought like, oh, I'm gonna be married by this time. I'm had this many kids. I'm be okay. this career. And 30 is just gonna, you just gonna be cruising, just living life in your dream career, doing what you want to do. And now that you're 30, it's like, uh, nah, I'm still figuring this thing out. Maybe <laughs> it's like 40 okay. you know, Like even with like getting married young, like I didn't really think. I didn't think that I would get married like much younger than how old was I when I got married? 29? Yeah. Yeah, 29. Like I didn't think I was gonna get be any younger than that, just because the way life was planning out and the types of relationships that I had, like, yeah. oh no, nah, this ain't gonna this ain't gonna be like and that was fine though. I was, I was cool with that. Like my mom, my mom was like, my mom was 29. I don't know how my mom was. She had me when she was 29. I want to say she was maybe 25 when she got married. And so, I, yeah, that's what it was. So when I would think, like, what was I doing at 25? I was not ready. <laughs> right? For the responsibilities that come with marriage. And not that you have to cook every day. And not that you, but it's like just certain things you want to be able to do for your husband and he wants to be able to do for you. And like at 25, like, we were not we weren't there. <laughs> and so, right. I mean, and some of the stuff, like I said, like we still not there yet now, but for mm-hmm. us, it made sense at, you know, at that time, like, okay. Yeah. We, we feel more comfortable about the decision um, because we do know there's going to come with a lot of responsibility. So mm-hmm. all right, we felt like we were prepared then, but I probably used to think I was going to be married at, you know, fresh out of college or whatever. Girl, please. <laughs> please so what was your first reaction when you found out you were gonna be a mom this face right here (laughs) what is going on right so apparently I was pregnant and didn't know I was pregnant for like weeks in my mind like for me summer uh, like I work year-round for a lot of people they think like oh you work in high grade you get summers off because the kids are like no like I'm more in an administrative type of role so I'm working like year-round mm-hmm. so even though school is out for um, students like I'm preparing for a new group that starts early so they're coming in the summer so I'm like used to going 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 but I noticed like like ooh, just a little bit more drained but I'm normally always tired during this time so I didn't really think anything of it mm-hmm. and I was like hmm one day like mm, this feels this feels weird you know like my, I just feel weird like my stomach is hurting like my stomach gonna be hurt like my stomach gonna hurt like what is this um and so that was kind of happening like off and on for like weeks um and so prior to that, like Evan was gone for a couple weeks in the summer for work. They were, he was on like this mission service trip in Dominican Republic. And so I had a work trip in Florida that I had gone to. And that's when I really started to notice like something, something just ain't right. Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. And so I went on some more weeks, more weeks. And I had actually gone to get my hair done. So I like, I took a half a day at work, like, cause I'm like, I haven't been feeling good. Like I've been tired. Like, let me just decompress a little bit. Like we had gotten the summer program. It had started. So I'm like, okay, this Friday, taking a half a day. I'm gonna go get my hair done. Like I'm relaxed. Like 
I'm sitting in the beauty shop. I'm getting my hair done. And I just started feeling terrible. Like I was hot. Like I was just sick. And I called my guy sister Amanda. And I was like, something ain't right. I said, I just don't know. She was like, well, you don't think you're pregnant, are you? I said, girl, no. I said, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Because in my mind, like I'm not, we weren't thinking about kids. Like we knew we wanted to have you know, we knew we wanted to have children, but it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna work on having a child like this year. Like people talk about it. Uh, my third anniversary. No, <laughs> it was coming. Like wasn't a part of the conversation. And that day, like when she said that to me, like I'm not gonna lie, like something. I was like, mm, well, maybe I should, you know, maybe go and check it out, you know, just to see, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, on my way home, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to just do this, but I'm not going to tell Evan I'm doing this, like, because I don't want him to get worked up, like, because I don't even know, like, yes. I went to the store and, you know, I got my materials to, you know, check this stuff out, and I came home and like it was all a secret like Evan was in the kitchen doing something and I was like okay perfect time and I said one so I got the results back I took another one and I was like what am I gonna do and like I came out the bathroom and I was like Ev we got a situation (laughs) it was like what is it I said um and I showed it to him, and he just, like, he looked, and he had a smile on his face. Oh. And I was like, I'm going to take another one tomorrow just to make sure, because I, I don't know, right? And, and so I did. I took another one the next day, and it still said the same thing. I took it um, at a different time, as one of my, <laughs> my friends suggested. Like, well, what time should you take that one? Well, take it in the morning and see, like, that would be better. If you, I'm like, who knew it was an art to do this? Like. <laughs> I didn't know. So, yeah, I was just, I didn't really know how to feel. One, like, I was relieved to know that me not feeling well was, like, I actually knew what it was. Like, I was experiencing, like, all of the symptoms of being pregnant. Um, And then it came down to, like, okay, okay, what's supposed to happen, right? I was asking, like, people, like, can you give me a spreadsheet? Like, (laughs) Things that I should be doing, like literally, nobody wanted to give me a spreadsheet. Structure <laughs> and routine, and I felt like I would have a better grip on things if I had a, you know, this month do this. So I had like every, I had started downloading every app under the sun that kind of gave you that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like with everything else in life, no matter how structured or planned you try to be, yeah, you know, things things kind of just do what they want to do, in a sense. But yeah, nobody really around us was expecting it either, and so everybody was surprised and shocked because you know we're kind of like millennials Mm -hmm. living our what seems to be best life, you know. Mm Just going with the flow, trying to have some fun here and there. Like, we weren't talking to people about kids. Like, parents would bring it up, and we'd be like, mm-mm. Right. <laughs> I mean, try me when I'm 35, you know? Seriously. That's what I said. And so his mom, I remember, his mom was like, yeah, I, when we showed her, she was like, what is this? 
it was the ultrasound picture. She was like, what is this? Like, and so somebody else had to read it to her, like what it was. And then like, she lost it. She was like, oh my God. I wasn't even expecting this. I knew y'all weren't thinking about this. So I tried to not think about it. So yeah, it, it, is- it, it, it happened. Yes, it happened. So did you ha- develop a birth plan? And what, and if you did have a birth plan, what ended up being the actual story? You know how I feel about certain things. I don't know. And maybe it's just because this was the world in which I was living in. But like, you know, doulas are becoming very popular and, you know, having your birth plan. And I just feel like it was just everywhere. Everyone was like, do you have a doula? Why don't you have a doula? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to have a doula. Like, I don't have, let me just deal with my doctor. And like, this is a lot in and of itself. Like, I let me figure all this out like let me try to wrap my mind around it so I had a really have a really great OBGYN um I was determined to get a woman of color mm-hmm. and I did um and I definitely think that that made a difference in like my understanding of certain things and you know she kind of she kept me on target for the things that we needed to discuss um and needed to have in place and then you know she also gave me the space to kind of bring in my questions too um so it was it was super authentic um and so when it came time to start talking about a birthing plan (laughs) i was like look i'm not trying to feel anything um i don't really know what my pain tolerance is so that's why i don't want to feel anything um so yeah what what are my options there she was like well you know get the epidural i said put me down for epidural, um, you know, and I, you know, I'll, I'll push them through, like, I'm not, you know, I don't necessarily have to have a C-section, but I want an epidural and give it to me at the door. Period. <laughs> 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 um, I didn't, like, natural, like, no, like, I, I never had to go to the hospital before, like, I was in a car accident in, like, the ninth grade, but I was unconscious, for a portion, you know, portion of that time afterwards, I wasn't really sure, like, what all happened and how I reacted to pain and all of that. So I'm just like, no, give it to me at the door, right? So, okay, she's like, cool. She's like, don't feel bad. She was like, your doctor had to have two. So, cool. Like, I knew my mama, she, mm-mm. she, yes, get, get your epidural, baby. Okay. Check that out the list. Um, we're moving right along in pregnancy until actually like right before I gave birth to Cooper, I had my 37 week appointment. So I technically had made it full term um, and my blood pressure had gone up a little bit. And before then, like everything, perfect blood pressure, moving right along, like he was where he needed to be. Um, but there was a little spike in my blood pressure. And so I had my appointments on Friday. She was like, come back on Tuesday. We'll check it again. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. But I had a feeling like my blood pressure was going to be up a little bit because I had a meal prior to like my appointment, like a day or so. And it was like really salty. And like, I could still kind of like taste the salt on my mouth. So I knew like, that's going to trigger something. We were getting work done in our bathroom. So here we are again, spending a couple of days in the hotel. <laughs> so it was like the stress of just like not being able to go home too. And so I kind of like, okay, 
when I come back in on Tuesday, I should be good, right? Um, so that was Friday. I had a little baby shower at work. And yeah, overnight my water broke. And it was like melodramatic, but dramatic. Like I woke up at the same time like I normally had been waking up to like, you know, go to the restroom at night. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it. But, you know, me being like, am I using the bathroom on myself? Like, what is happening? Um, and so, like, I didn't wake Evan up because I'm like, okay, let me just go to the bathroom. Like, it's cool. Like, had an accident. You know, it happens when you're pregnant, right? Whatever. And, like, the water breaking thing continues to happen. So I was like, oh, this is, this is the thing, right? Um, and we had had like birthing classes and stuff like that. So like when I actually stopped to pay attention to it, I was like, okay, this is this is a thing. And so um, didn't have my backpack because that was supposed to be the weekend that I got all of my stuff together. Um, Cooper's room was straight or whatever, but I needed to wash his clothes. I was gonna pack my bag um, and just have it ready. Yeah. So we had to leave the hotel early in the morning, go to the house, change out my suitcase, eat the suitcase, put some stuff in it for the the hospital because they were like, well, just come within a certain amount of hours or whatever. And so we do all of that. We stop and got Evan reminded me that I probably needed to eat because, you know, he was paying attention in birthing class. I I missed that part. So he was like, we're going to make sure you eat. When it got something to eat, um, and then we went to the hospital. Oh, wow. And once I got there at like 6, it was like 6.45 on Saturday. That morning, Cooper came like literally 6.45 on Sunday. Oh, my wow. blood pressure like shot up like to something like I had never seen before, like 169 or something. I was like, what is that? So I ended up being diagnosed with preeclampsia which happened it came and it said that had i not come to the hospital had my water not broken when it did like that week i would have been really sick and maybe something possibly could have happened um or whatever with the baby so um a blessing in disguise i would say that um but yeah we And that's when it started. And so I had no idea what preeclampsia was because I hadn't had any problems with my blood pressure. Like the little pamphlet that they gave you, like I didn't read that. I didn't read that pamphlet because it didn't didn't apply to me, right? And so I was still going on Tuesday to get my blood pressure and I knew it was going to be down. Yeah. And so I didn't know what, you know, what all came with having preeclampsia or whatever until that moment. So I had to get on these treatments and for 24 hours, like they were coming to check on me every two hours to like do my dosage and all of that. And so I was, it was just very weird because I'd never been in the hospital before. Um, But for the most part, like I was calm, like I was just chilling. Um, It wasn't until like 11 o'clock that night. That I was like, okay, give me the epidural. Yes. Go ahead and give it to me. Um, and then a couple hours went by and they were like, okay, you can, we can start pushing. Yeah. I pushed for four hours. Oh, and Cooper did not want to come. Oh. Um, and at that point, I was just tired. 
tired. Like I had seen the clock <laughs> go from 6.46 a.m. Like Saturday to it was now like five, almost six o'clock the next day. Like I had watched that. And I remember kind of feeling a little down because like I wanted to push him out, but I was so tired that I was like, you know what? I can't. I can't force it. And they were, you know, all these different techniques they want to do, but like in birthing class, like they scare you, right? I don't want you to vacuum my baby out because he may, first of all, I still got to push and he may have a bruise. Like, then I don't want you to put the other things around. Like, so it was still like, no. So at a certain point I was like, okay, what what do I have to do to get a C-section? Right. And they they were like, oh, okay. And then my question was, well, how long is this going to take? <laughs> well, how long does this take? Like, and what else is going to happen? What, it, what am I going to feel? And they're like, oh, it'll be about an hour. And I'm like, okay. I said, and I can start pushing right now? They're like, yes. I said, can I take a nap? <laughs> Just wait. We have to do, you know, prep you or whatever. And then you can go to sleep if you want to. Good. Oh and they like gave Evan his white suit, rolled me out of there. Like he was scared because he was like, "Wait a minute, I didn't get to talk to you." Like they just rolled me up out and like, "We'll come back and get you, sir." And the rest is history. Cooper came on out, and here we are. So I have not slept since January twenty six. <laughs> like my life is not has not been the same yet again since that day and it's like no matter how prepared you are like you just have to uh, like you just adapt in a a new way right like what you think might happen is going to be completely different like oh I'm a breastfeed and I should have known because my mom was like girl you better than me because that wasn't something I I wasn't interested in doing that and I'm like see I'm different thank you I'm gonna yeah. yeah, I gave it two months and was like, no, I, I, I can't do it anymore. Like for my sanity, it was a lot of, for me, it was a lot of stress, like yeah. just, and so it, I literally have had to learn how to show grace to myself. Like I don't have to always be in control. Like I don't always have to have an answer to stuff. Like be okay with going with the flow Yeah, sometimes, like. That motherhood definitely is is still teaching me that even going back to work and working from home and having having him here, like yes, it is definitely a blessing. But you know, I got work to do. But you want to be held, right? Like you want to eat for forty five minutes when you normally only eat, you know, for twenty. But today you want to take your time and eat, right? And you know, it's. I'm like, here we go again. Like, I feel like my life is constant transition. Yeah. Like, maybe by the time I'm sixty five, <laughs> things will be leveled out. But like, it's just crazy. Like, to think that my life since what. 20. turning 25 or 26 27 whatever like has just been nothing but transition nothing but transition but it, it's fun though it gives you gives you a story that's for sure and hopefully you can use it to to help somebody else but definitely and that's what you're doing today i, I hope so <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break we gotta pay some bills and we'll be right back
Hey girl, hey! This podcast is sponsored by the Millennial Wives Club. We are a community of supportive women who just so happen to be millennial wives, hence the name. We are actually more than just wives. We are mothers, we are bosses, we are friends, we are leaders in our community, daughters, sisters, and so much more. Despite the name, the Millennial Wives Club, you do not have to be a wife to join the club, but you do have to aspire to be a wife. If you are a woman who has a passion for connecting and supporting like-minded women, looking for a tribe to remind you that you are not alone, and don't mind going places with strangers who turn into sister friends, join us. Just go to the website, themillennialwivesclub.com slash join the club for more details on how to join your local chapter or how to start your own. All right, girl, we'll see you then. Now let's get back into the show. All right, guys, we're back. So Ariel, thank you so much for sharing your story as a woman in transition who has, you know, went from long distance relationship to marriage to motherhood to adjusting to a new career and just sharing your story with us today. I know you're super busy with everything that you have going on, especially becoming a new mom, but I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story today. So to close us out, can you please um, share your advice to a woman who is questioning whether or not to move to a new city for love and whether or not that is the right thing for them to do or not? The biggest piece of advice that I would say is make sure that it makes sense for you, right? Like if it doesn't make sense, then don't do it. But if it makes all the sense in the world to you, whether or not you have all of the pieces figured out, like do it, right? Um, That's definitely one thing that, you know, that actually that's my story, right? Like it made sense and I did it. We didn't have everything figured out. And even if we thought that we did, we didn't, right? Like when I moved, this happened and I had to figure this out. And you know, and being okay with the fact that things aren't going to be exactly the same way that they were when you were in your previous place, right? Um, you know, life in different life is different in different cities, right? Things happen differently, and you have to be you have to be okay with that. Um, but to really maximize on the experience and the transition, like you know, take the time, be realistic with your energy. Um, that you're willing to to exert, you know, so have a conversation with yourself like, okay, to what extent do I need this? To what extent do I need that? Okay. Do I have the energy to do it? Do I have the capacity? Do I have the time? Um, do I need support in doing um, those things? Because one thing that I knew I could always count on from you, Tia, was like, you're going to be like, go do it. Do that. Go to the place. Go try it out. And I, and sometimes you need that extra, like, that extra push. And if I lived in Dallas, like, I would just up and, like, do something, like, willy-nilly. Um, but, you know, moving to a different place, not really knowing anybody, like, 
I became that person that did need that extra push and, you know, being okay with the fact that I changed or I am still evolving and changing um, still to this day. Um, and so, you know, give yourself grace, right? Like, be okay with the change, accept the change. The sooner you accept the fact that things are changing, the the smoother the transition can be, um, the easier it gets. For me, it it has taken me much longer than I would have wanted it to, to accept that change, but that's because I was just so hell-bent on what it used to be. And definitely in a pandemic, when life has changed so much already, like, okay, it's becoming, it's becoming clearer now more than ever. Like, okay, it's time for you to just go ahead and accept this and, okay, do something about it, right? So those will be my little nuggets um, of advice. But the biggest thing is, like, making sure it makes sense for you. So if it makes sense to you, do it. If it doesn't, then don't do it maybe it's not the maybe it's not the right time doesn't mean that the time won't come but just right now um maybe it's not the time so yes well all right guys until next time bye well all right friends that's all i got until next time Thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia, or at the Millennial Wives Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Step out of my comfort zone, I'm not afraid. See, I don't want to block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let go the people that's no good for me. See, I'm fully, fully persuaded, persuaded that I can do this. Yep, I can make it. I'm an entrepreneur with integrity. Yeah.